I'm your host, Jeff Dawson, for another episode of Dawson's Domain, where we cover the spectrum of life's pressing issues and events, from politics to relationships, sports to horror, alternative history to poetry, humor to baseball coaching, and everything in between. Cloudy, muggy Dallas, Texas, and I mean muggy. <clears throat> the forecast isn't calling for rain until sometime later on this evening or tomorrow morning going into afternoon, but it is just one of those sticky, sticky spring days. And I'm so glad I'm in Dallas and not down south in Houston or someplace because it's always muggy down there. But uh it is official. You can say spring has sprung, and uh, we might have one more cold snap. Now, I've got a real good friend, Wes, who says I'm always raining on his parade because he is a avid, avid golfer. And I still remember one of the coldest nights. I was back in Tulsa, and it was probably 2005. It was the first weekend of May. And I was calling a uh, baseball tournament, but I'd watched the forecast. And they were calling for this front to come blowing in about six or seven o'clock. I show up in a heavy coat, my umpire gear. Of course, some of the other guys laughed at me. It's like, what do we got? Eskimo ball tonight. And I said, you'll see, because they're in short sleeve shirts and they had to wear slacks. I mean, that's part of our uniform, but there were short sleeve shirts, no undershirt, no nothing. And when that front hit, I was really lucky that uh, this was a 12 year old game and I had a rather large catcher that I could set up behind and I'd got down behind him because when that front hit, that wind was blowing 30 miles an hour. It was a true blue Northern. The temperature dropped 25 degrees and I leaned into that catcher's ear and I said, son, if you don't move, I'll get us the hell out of here real fast. And he goes, that would be great because none of the players were prepared for it. So I'm not here to rain on your parade, Mr. West, but I still remember that one weekend in May in Tulsa. And yeah, Friday night was brutal, but come Saturday morning, it was perfect baseball weather. And what was great is I got to call all the games that I wanted to because all those guys that wore short sleeves and didn't have jackets, they called in six Saturday morning. So I don't remember how many games I called that day, maybe six or eight, but I was in hog heaven and I hope my health gets back to the point where I can do that because I really miss it. It was so much fun. And I know we got started a little late, I think it was like six minutes, but that's because I was talking to the one of the producers, Donald. I was going back through the subscribers, and I have talked to several of you in the last week or two that listen to the show and say you're subscribers. Well, if you remember in some of the episodes, I mentioned that 
Doug and Don were moving from California and setting up base around Houston because they lost everything in the Palisades fire. Yeah, they were in the heart of it, and they'd also had enough of California. But they also went through a big server computer upgrade. And I remember getting some of the emails that was causing a lot of problems, and it's it dealt with subscribers. Now, I'm not going to get into the technical part of this because my brain would just explode pour out of my ears and I just melt kind of like my characters do in the book occupation. It would just be a mess and there'd be nothing to salvage. But we were talking about subscribers and those that I've talked to say, yes, they are. And uh, one couple said, well, we've tried to, but it won't take us. Well, here's what's going on. They had to kill out all the subscribers back on January 4th. So if you were a subscriber, that's why you weren't being charged anymore. Because it was just, people were being triple charged. Let's put it that way. And it was nothing that Doug and Don had done. It was the coding that was going on and the different systems that they're using to make everything work. And their merchants said, if y'all can't get this fixed, then we'll fix it for you because customers were calling in who might've subscribed for say $25 a month and they were getting a bill for 175. And they said, okay, they basically said, that's it. We just got to shut the whole thing down and start from scratch. We're going to revamp this do a major reset and start bringing it back in. Well, I had discussions with them this morning about it and they're looking into it because one thing that was getting me was that I thought I had set up my files back in the fall that you could listen to a show for free like this one, but all the archived episodes you would have to be a subscriber to listen to those. Well, they have they have done that now. But people that said were paying said they weren't being billed. Now, for those who have said, well, we've tried to get back on there. I'll try and make this real simple. If you were a subscriber, that means you have an account. So you have to log into your account and you can either and you can cancel the past subscription and then renew and it should work. If you're a new subscriber, you'll need to set up an account and go from there and say, yeah, this is what I, this is what I think Dawson's domain and the information I receive is worth a month. Anywhere from, to $49.99. Now, I've been thinking, you know, this higher rate of $49.99, I need, one, I need to turn the chat on to see what's going on there, is what would you listeners like as a giveaway? Because, you know, on, uh, oh, what's the, Patreon, that's it. 
I was, I have a Patreon account and I don't use it, but they had a lot of different items that we could set up as giveaways for top subscribers. So I would be curious what you listeners would be interested in. And I'm thinking, you know, a hat with LDDJ or a coffee cup or something like that. I'm, I'm really not sure. I'm probably going to go back to Patreon and see all the different options they had. I mean, that is the one thing I did like about Patreon is your top subscribers, they could get these free gifts and Patreon handled it all. But that's just something I need to look into and you all give me some feedback on what you would like. But that's what's been going on with your subscription. So if you already have an account, you can't set up a new one because that will cause a problem because it already has your email that you sent in. So your account's still there. If you have to reset your password, you might have to do that if you can't remember it. But the email is still, that has been saved. So if you tried to set up a new account and resubscribe, it won't do it because it's like that is that email's already taken and that's all there is to it. So for the new ones, set up your an account and subscribe because we are doing a we're pushing for 50 subscribers this month at 49.99 and that's why I want to come up with some type of gift to reward those that are willing to that think this is worth $50 a month. And I really think it is. And as I've said in the past, this is a bi-weekly show and I get enough support, enough money, and they have the time slot, then we can make this a weekly show. And I I would enjoy that. Okay. If you have comments and you want to call in, the number is 888-627-6008 or 323-744-4831. You can listen to this on iHeartRadio at 631-359-9353. Let's talk about Dunstan's. It was actually pretty low-key last night. It was Patty, Jerry, myself, and then Mr. Hughes, who we haven't seen in months because he typically works Friday night, but due to some interesting occurrences between the hotel and where he works, he got off early and was able to join us. And it was really nice because, like I said, Mike, it's a rare, he can't make it on Friday night because he works from three to 11 and that's, that's all there is to it. But it was, it was nice to have a little new blood and uh, just catch up before he's at. Oh, before I move on, I do want to say this because I got permission from Donald Newsom, the producer. If you have trouble with your subscription. You don't have to do an email. You don't have to send up smoke signals. You don't have to send out Morse code. You can call him at 530-413-6001. 
and he will be more than happy to help assist you in getting through the technology of subscribing. And I asked him several times, are you sure I can give out this phone number? And he said, absolutely. I said, okay. So if you have problems, he's more than willing to help and guide you through the issue. All right, let's go back to Dunstan's. It was just a laid back night. I mean, if you're in the Dallas area, and, you know, Fort Worth, because we do have, they, Patty and Jerry have friends from Fort Worth, the Shacklefords, that will occasionally drive because they'll come to dinner, but it's like an hour and 15-minute drive because they're, I believe, on West Fort Worth. But it's always nice to see them. And they just, for whatever reason, they've been busy and just haven't been able to get out. But then in the last couple of weeks, we've seen that from, uh, Several people that during the winter kind of bunkered down and stayed home. There were medical issues and things like that. But though slowly but surely, they're starting to come out. And that's a good thing. But, yeah, it was a fun night. Until our waitress, Tabitha, decided we all needed to try different drinks. And... Uh, Last time I had a alcoholic drink was a year ago in January, and I had a terrible reaction to it. Good Lord, it sure tasted good. And I might discuss or bring this up with my guest, Dr. Pat Ballone, who will come on at 3 o'clock. I read her book of Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? I went through that in the last couple of days, and it was, it was interesting. But uh, I, there's a test in there, and I took it. So we'll, we'll discuss that at 3 o'clock, and I do look forward to chatting with her. But back to the alcohol, I don't know how many times she kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? I just wanted to reach across the table and said, do you not understand the word No. I'm not taking it. Oh, just a sip. No. I mean, God, that last one, it was a crown and seven on New Year's Day. And it sure did taste good. But, boy, there's something going on in my digestive system that said, that ain't happening, Jack. It was like, good Lord. I'd never had a reaction to alcohol like that. But. It is what it is, so we stay away from things that our body isn't excited about and try and figure out what's going on, because I do miss a good crown and seven on occasion. I really do. And it just kills me that I can't, but uh, I think Patty really enjoyed needling me. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. It ain't happening. And she, you could just see her sitting over there grinning, going, yeah, I'm getting him. I'm getting him. Because she feels that I'm always picking on her. And her husband just sits there and is like, just like a damn brother and sister arguing all the time. 
can't you get these kids to behave? And it's like, no, we don't want to behave. You know, start banging our fists on the table. No, 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 no. He just sits there and shakes his head. And you just hear him muttering, damn kids. Can't blame him. Can't blame him at all. But but it was a good time. The Woodall Foundation. Now, I sent a message. I was negligent in sending one earlier to Miss Becky to see if they're still selling their shirts for the Ukraine. Because I've talked about this on the last two episodes, that they are raising money for the deaf that are fleeing the Ukraine. Well, now that things have kind of settled down, at least in the northern part, north of Kiev, there are still going to be refugees but they have a lot of people that are in Moldova that they're trying to help. And it's, it is a pretty cool shirt. It has a sign symbol on, symbol on it. Cause that's what B- Becky and uh, Daniel do. They, it is a Christian ministry for the deaf. You can find them on Facebook's Woodall foundation page. And you get to see everything they do. And the shirts are $30. And the last time I talked to Becky, they said, you know, we understand times are tight. If you can only, if you can send us $12, that at least covers the shirt and the shipping. And since I have a lot of shirts, it's like, yeah, that's about all it will cover. Because the cost of the shirts is between, depending on how many you order, like 4 to four fifty. And then the shipping, because if you haven't shipped a package lately, boy, I got a sticker shock. I guess it was two years ago I sent one. And good Lord, I was like, what the hell happened? Because book rate used to be one of the cheapest rates, and I think it still is, but it had like doubled or tripled in price for one book. And I was like, what the hell happened? They go, rate increases is like well okay i understand that so they're not getting rich off of this this is not like the ptl club or uh swagger or any of those clowns from back in the day that were just milking their contributors for everything they had so they couldn't pay their mortgage their money goes to what they do it pays for their trips it pays for the food it pays for the materials that they buy when they're over there because they will help go in and rebuild an apartment and clean it up i mean it's they just don't show up say we're here uh send us money they it is a working ministry it, it really is. And, you know, this is Eastern weekend and he is risen. And I know they would like nothing better than to accept donations because they will, I guarantee you, they will go over there this summer, no matter how this war in the Ukraine progresses because that's their calling. That's what they do. That is their passion. That is their love. That's what they do. And they will not be 
dissuaded from going unless the government just says it's not safe to travel. So you are supporting a really good cause. You know, you don't see them driving around towns in Mercedes and Porsches and Rolls Royces and stuff. They're very humble people. They have a, they're raising a wonderful family and they're doing the work of God. Now, can you think of something better to contribute to than that? And then actually seeing by the albums that they will post that this is what it's going to. It's an excellent cause. I highly recommend that. I'm also going to give a shout out to the chiropractor I use because that's going to tie in with our guest. I have been under chiropractor's care for longer than I want to remember. Let's see, I'm 62. So it hasn't been 40 years. It's been Oh, hell, I don't know, 36, 37. And up in in my 20s, I went to the ballpark. Our kids were practicing, and I got out there and was pitching to some of the kids, and I bent over to pick up a baseball, and I didn't. it took me three days for us to stood up again. I didn't know what the hell was going on. It hurt. Oh, good Lord. I'd never had that pain before. And... I'd heard of a local chiropractor and I went to him. And so since I've been 27 or eight, I have been under the care of a chiropractor in one way or the other. Some were really good. Some, yeah, not so much. Well, the one I have found in town in downtown Irving is called Magnolia Chiropractor. Keisha McDaniel is the owner of it. And I forgot her other main doctor and that's just a bonehead move on my part but uh i really like them and and i do for this reason is the more i've gone the more they have gotten in tune with exactly what i'm my my issues because i had a 360 lumectomy back in 2010, and that has caused its own issues we won't get into. But as my pain has increased over the years, so has their interest in what's causing this. And uh, they go, she has gone to the extent of, me signing a medical release so they can get all that information from Parkland. And they get all the scans. They can get all the reports. So they can tailor my treatment to the issues that I have. Yeah, a lot of it's because I'm old. But let's just be honest. In 62, my back is not what it was when I was 20 because it was abused severely. And then I fell out of a truck when I was in my mid forties and that didn't help the issue at all, but they're, they're really good. That's a different type of atmosphere. This is a wide open office and I would call it a true family practice because you get to meet a lot of the patients. It's just one big room and they've got three tables where they do the adjustments because they do a lot of work with, I believe Parker college and bring in interns so they can 
get their certifications. And I've had a few interns. Some were really good. Some were, you don't understand what's in my back, but they're, they're really good gals and they will take care of you if you've got an issue. Okay. Book reviews. Well, since this is Easter, I was kind of torn on what book to review and it said what better one than why did everything happen and that is one that was the first book speech that i wrote and i actually put up uh the full speech because it lasts about an hour and five minutes it's a presentation because i have videos with it and there's <clears throat> music with it it's about an hour five, hour and five to an hour ten. And what it's about is <clears throat> I lost my partner, my father, and Debbie to cancer. And that's where I came up with the name of LDDJ, Larry, Dad, Debbie, and Jeff. Someone had to stick around to tell the story. And I lost all three of them to cancer, but it's, it's not really, it is a Christian based theme, but it's about the main storyline is who's driving your bus. Because I always thought I was, well, I found out that's not the case. And it really came to light in Segoville, Texas in August of, 2009, a month after I lost Debbie, that uh, there is something after this life. I saw it with my dad, and then I saw it when I went to the cemetery. Because I was very distraught that night. Hell, I wanted to go to dinner, and I asked some of the guys to join me, and they turned me down, and that pissed me off. But there was just something saying pulling me to Sigaville, Texas. And that's where I got to talk to Debbie, Dad, and Larry again. All three were there. And some might not believe that. You don't have to believe it. It's do you have faith or not? And in fact, we had a debate about that a few days ago, you know, faith and religion. Well, to me, religion is man-made. That is the doctrine that the Protestants or the Catholics or any other sect come up with. That's the religion. It's what, what is your faith? What do you believe in? And I wasn't a big church-going guy because my wife refused to step foot in a church. That's why we got married at the Holodome in Stillwater. She wasn't going to a church. That wasn't happening. And I guess I could have taken a stronger stand and said, the hell with that. I'm taking the kids. But I had to keep peace in the family, and it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, if you want a trip of faith, not of religion, why did everything happen? Because I lay out everything. 
that was going on in my life. And it wasn't good in 94, 95. That's just a fact. I mean, I'd lost everything. But the worst thing I lost was my kids because financially, I just couldn't take care of them anymore. So they went to live with their mom up in Kansas. That was pretty damn rough. That was one of the hardest things I had to go through. But it is about your faith. You know, it's Easter weekend and we celebrate the resurrection. Well, that's what I went through in 2009 in Seagaville when I got to talk to Debbie, my dad, and my partner Larry again. Because when I went there, you can't describe this. Sometimes you hear it from people that they had this real heavy load in their chest. They had a weight in their chest. And it wasn't they were having a heart attack. This had this heavy weight in their chest. Well, I had that. And it wouldn't go away. It didn't matter. Yeah, I was going to work every day, but I wasn't at work. My mind was someplace else. But when I left that cemetery, that weight had been lifted. Now, I'm pretty analytical and just don't buy into the first thing that I hear. And I told myself, well, maybe I'm just believing this because I want to. We'll see what tomorrow's like. It was gone. I don't know what happened at that cemetery. All I know is that between God and those three, they lifted this heavy burden that I was carrying around. And it was gone, and it hasn't been back since. But I can't describe it, otherwise it really felt like a lead weight in my chest. So that book is it's on Amazon, along with all of my others. And yeah, I'm going to highly recommend it. But like I said, it's also a speech. So if you know someone that might enjoy that type of message, <clears throat> you can call me at 817-938-8461 or email me at jdawson41 at netzero.net. And it's not expensive. It doesn't take a lot of equipment. But it's, it's something that's fun to do. Well, I have a poetry selection. And I had to go through my books because <clears throat> I was going to read one. But uh, I found out that the author has a issue with me right now. And that's okay. And all I can say is I think she has lost her way. And I hope someday she finds her way back. But uh, she pretty much told me that I don't want you to read that on your show. And she said some other stuff that was very disturbing. Because I'll put it this way. There's no chance she'll listen to this. No, I'm not going to mention her name. But... Uh, to accuse me of exploiting someone 
for personal gain has got to be the most ludicrous accusation that has ever been leveled against me. So for the moment, that person is just off to the side and I see no reason for contact until, to put it bluntly, she pulls her liberal head out and realizes that she's the one that's being exploited and manipulated. I would never do that to anyone, especially when I was given permission to use it. Enough of that. Well, this is one, this was one of my favorite ones. That I had with Debbie. Because it's still, there, there are several moments in time that I can picture her the way she was, whether it was high school or as an adult woman. But this day, because of her cancer, she didn't deal with cold real well. But it was such a beautiful morning. We, I think it had snowed like six inches. Yeah, the wind was coming out of the north, but I knew, okay, if we walk this way, we won't be in most of the wind. That would be a good thing. So this is what I wrote that day because it had to have been probably March. I'm going to say it was March of 09 when that snow hit. I walked through the cold air thinking of happier times. A smile creeps across a saddened face. Thoughts reflect back to a more carefree time. No worries, no problems, just love. Snow angels, movies, windows rolled down, allowing the wind to blow across our faces. Time was never a worry but a blessing. The days were endless and love never died. It was timeless. The memories fade, but the experiences are ingrained. My heart ached for the loss. Her smile in the clouds reminds me why we love. The snowflake falls. The mind remembers a walk in the snow. I gaze into her shadowy eyes, a soft kiss and embrace. The cold wind strikes my face. I am no longer sad, but filled with joy. It reminds me why we loved and it did and it does to this day okay let's move on news there's nothing to really report on the news today because i just couldn't stomach it for the last week and i had a choice you want to watch the news or do you want to watch reruns of perry mason leave it to beaver or wagon train because we now get me TV here. And to be honest, yeah, I'm going to watch those because we get to see to me what were great actors back in the day, especially as their careers were just starting, you know, whether it was uh, Kathy Brown, who was in a lot of these guest appearances. She was in Star Trek. I mean, the list goes on Ward Bond, uh, Burt Reynolds, and it's so fun watching these shows because it's like I saw them on the Twilight Zone or I saw them in this. And then I'm going to the computer to look it up and see who's the cast of this episode. And it's just amazing. In fact, if you ever watch that show, Sven and they start 
because they have a segment where they'll tell you who all the actors are. How many of those actors were guest stars on Perry Mason is just mind boggling at times. It's just a long list. But yeah, some of it, especially in Perry Mason, when the women are breaking down and all that, there's a bit of overacting going on. But you get to see these people as they were learning their craft and working their way up. So, you know, even with Leave It to Beaver. I mean, did anyone know what Eddie Haskell did after that show? He became an L.A. cop. And he was in a, he got shot up in a bank robbery. And wound up retiring. But, uh, you know, the it's so, for me, it's very interesting to look them up and see. So what did they do after this? And what did they do after that? But yeah, and they're all in black and white. So what the hell, you know? They've you also got the show Maverick, with uh oh damn his name escapes me, because he was in The Great Escape, and he did the Rockford Files. Damn, what's his name? That had to come to me later. But so the the news. It's been pointless to me this week. I I couldn't watch any of them because they didn't have anything to say. I mean, if you notice, now that we're in April, which I said this would happen a month ago, the Russian offensive is stopped. Pull up the weather app for Kharkov, Kiev, Odessa. See what it says. It's raining. And when it rains in that world, it turns it to mud. Yes, there's still going to be artillery strikes. Yes, there's still going to be airstrikes, just like the Germans did to Leningrad and Stalingrad back in 41, 42, 43. But offensively, they were stymied because the country has turned into quagmire. It's mud. You get off the road, you're done. You're done. Nothing's moving. I think it's pretty cool that... uh, the Ukrainians sunk the Moscova, which we talked about at dinner last night. You know, that was like the British sinking the Bismarck. That's a major morale boost. Now, can the Russians replace that ship? Yeah. The Germans had a sister ship to the Bismarck, the Turpitz, but after Bismarck went down, luckily, Hitler and Donuts couldn't pull their heads out. They, they might have, Donuts might have understand understood submarine warfare but surface warfare he did not i mean he didn't even remember the lessons from jutland the german navy never flew out in sail in force there were just these piecemeal raids you know one or two ships what the hell do you expect to do with that it's this is modern warfare but luckily their abilities to grasp modern naval technology and tactics in 1940 eluded them. They just figured the U-boats would finish everything off. And their battleships, which those two sister ships, until the Yamato hit the sea, they were the biggest queens of the sea. And they could have done all types of damage if they'd have come out in force with the battle cruisers and destroyers. But They lost most of their destroyers when they invaded Norway. That was really a fiasco. Even though the Germans captured Norway, what they lost in naval vessels was horrendous. Just 
it just killed them. So they didn't have a lot of support ships. Their focus was on the U-boats. So they sank the Moscow. Well, good for them. But the way the media covered it, it just made me sick. Well, the Russians say there was a fire on the ship. Well, what caused the fire? And maybe some of the missiles missed. Well, that's like saying a B-17 flying over target that every bomb hit its target. Hell, if you watch the old films, they didn't all hit their target. You'll see them blowing up out in fields, nowhere near the factory, but that's carpet bombing. It's not exactly precise. We tried to make it precise in World War II, but with the technology, even with the Norton bombsite, it still was a crap show. When you got 500 planes bombing one target and they fall off of the lead, well, they're not all going to hit the mark. That's just the way it is. And to think they would is insane. But they sunk the Moscow. Big morale boost. That's going to hurt. Yeah, the Russian Navy is going to be licking their wounds over that. But then look at the ships that we lost at Pearl Harbor. It was a horrible. It, it just killed morale. All of our battleships have been sunk. Yeah, but they were World War I battleships, and the new ones are in the slips being worked on. And when they hit the sea, all of a sudden, we had some of the most phenomenal battleships. New Jersey, Wisconsin, Missouri. I mean, what came out of our docks were just, they were top of the line and they could go toe to toe with the Japanese if they had to. So good for that. Okay. Baseball. I got to get to baseball because Dr. Pat will be on in 12 minutes. <clears throat> the Texas Rangers. I know don't groan, especially if you watch last night's game nine to six. It's early. It's April, and I said this a week ago, two weeks ago. I still consider April a spring training month. These teams are still trying to figure out what's going on and who's going to be there, hopefully for the long haul. We don't have a closer because that's LeClerc, but what's he going to be like after being out for a year and a half? He's supposed to be reactivated in June. Our starting pitching is what we thought it would be. Fair. Ain't nothing to write home about. We uh, don't have a pitching. We don't have a good pitching coach. We have Sigarno, I think that's right, and Mathis, which I'm not impressed with them. I wasn't impressed with them last year. They haven't impressed me this year. But the game, not last night, but the night before, John Madden did something brilliant. His team's losing three to two. The bases are loaded and Corey Seager comes up. Corey Seager is intentionally walked, now making the score four to two. And I mentioned Wes earlier, and I'll mention him again. This was a brilliant move on Madden. Seeger's bat has been pretty hot. Why would you want to take a chance 
of giving up a salami like Heim hit the night before, give up a grand slam and really put yourself behind the eight ball where you're banking. If we walk him, we're going to get a ground ball and get out of this inning. So we'll give up a run. It was last night. Take that. It was last night. And it worked. Now, if the Rangers did that, it's like, oh, God, no, don't do that. Because there's no consistency on this team yet. And there isn't. Seeger and Simeon, as far as a double play duo, that's going to take another three weeks for them to figure each other out. And with the circus going on a third between Ibanez and Cumberson, who knows who's going to be there. I mean, I predicted the Rangers would win 80 games, and I'm still holding out for that because it's early. I'm not throwing in the towel. I'm not giving up because that would just be being a puss. I made a bet, and we're sticking with the bet. But, uh, man, we'll see where we are in May. Now, the other thing that went on, was Clayton Kershaw, and boy, did this start some BS on the MLB sites on Facebook. Roberts did it last year with Hill. Hill was on track for a perfect game, and he pulled him. Kershaw, two nights ago, was on track for a perfect game, and Roberts pulled him. Well, all <coughs> the Dodger fans, or a good portion of them, just got their panties in a serious uproar it was ugly he should have left him in how many times is he going to be able to pitch a perfect game blah 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 well I go back to the perfect game that Armando Galarrago threw for the Detroit Tigers but Jim Joyce called the runner safe at first even though it was out by 10 feet so instead of a 27 out game it turned into a 28 hour game 28 out game because of a blown call, but well, he should have been given the chance. Well, you know, these aren't the pitchers that I grew up with. They're not Bob Gibson. They're not Denny McClain. They're not Burt Blylevin. I mean, I can go through the list. They're not Nolan Ryan, a 20 game winners, Gaylord Perry. You know, the list is long. These guys have a very short, short shelf life. Kershaw is injury prone it started a couple of years ago i mean if you remember there was talk that he might come to the rangers and finish his career and i was against that the rangers are not a retirement home that's the last thing we need we need talent young talent good talent we need a core which we had a core but now that's all gone so they're starting over again but with clayton you know Roberts isn't from that old school thinking of, Denny, you're going to win 32 games this year. You're going to pitch every third day, every fourth day. I mean, McNally, Seaver, Quayar, Blue. I mean, the list of these greats is just endless. But these pitchers today aren't like the greats. They're not built for that marathon push. So Roberts is looking at the whole year. Would it have been nice if Clayton got a uh, perfect game? Well, yeah, it'd be nice. 
But if he gets hurt doing it, because nowadays that's all you they think about, is he going to get hurt? Is What's that going to do the rest of our season? Blah, blah, blah. We're back in the day. Son, you go out there and pitch, and I'll pull you when I'm ready. Well, back then they only had eight pitchers in the bullpen. Now we got 14. Look at your team's roster. It's appalling how many are pitchers. And the Rangers are a fine example of that. How can you have bench players when they're all sitting out in the bullpen? I, I don't get it. So did Roberts do the right thing by pulling Kershaw? If he wants another World Series ring, I will say yes, because that's the thinking today, and it just pains me to even buy into a little bit of this new wave crapola of, oh, well, we got five quality innings out of him. Five? And what are you paying him a year? $30 million, and you get five innings a game, and he's going to start what? maybe uh, 30 games or 35. Let's see, 40 would be 120. Yeah, but you got to divide that by, let's see, how many starting pitchers do we have? Four, five, six. So, you know, 25 mound appearances in a year and you're making 35 million and you can only go five innings because that's all they expect of them. The last pitcher, the last pitching coach that told these guys they were expected to go nine innings of recent history was Nolan Ryan when he was with the Rangers. But then when he went to the Astros, I'm sure he took that same thinking with him. You're going to pitch five innings and make how much money? No, 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 no. You're paid to start and finish. You're paid to get us to the eighth or to the ninth. Don't want to hear about, well, maybe he can get us to the seventh. I mean, you can only get you to the seventh and you really got some problems. But that's the thinking. That's what has infected Major League Baseball today. Oh, we got five quality innings out of him and our bullpen inning gave up 15 runs and we got our ass kicked again. What type of crap is that? And I've said this in the past, and I'll say it again. That's why they need these performance, not just a performance contract where, well, if you get X amount of strikeouts, if you pitch X amount of innings, if you do this, we're going to pay you more money. Well, if you don't get that, then we're going to start subtracting that money. Yeah, like the Players Union would agree to that. They want us to do what? They're going to take money away because we're not performing? You're damn right, because if you had a regular job, you'd be Fired right on the spot. Ah. Yeah, I get a little passionate about baseball, and I get extremely aggravated, too, when I look at this. Oh, oh, and I, and I, I have to mention this, because I didn't talk about the stupid things that I heard from anchors this week since I didn't listen to them, but a couple of nights ago, apparently Tom Grieve and his, I guess his daughter, I don't know, or daughter-in-law, they are managing a little league team. And, and this goes into the same thinking of Dave Roberts in that apparently his team is three to three, and he's talking to that nitwit, wasn't Nitkowski, it was Dave Raymond, that their team is three and three, and Dave goes, well, what happens? 
how, how do the kids react when they lose a game? Well, in my day when we lost a game, we went to Quick Trip and got a Slurpee. That's how we celebrated the loss. Hey, we're still going to get a Slurpee, win, lose, or draw. And Grieve said, you know, sometimes I, I think we need a child psychologist out there. You do what? They're 12 years old. You, and it, he wasn't joking when he said this. You need a child psychologist for 12-year-olds to console them if they lost a game. That's what a coach does. Hey, we lost. And a good coach would know that. That's why the Rangers did so crappy when he was the GM. And he wasn't an outstanding player. You know, Tom Grieve is probably a really nice guy. And I'm not going to take that away from him. He's a good man. But the stuff that comes out of his mouth when it relates to a career he's had for at least 40 years in baseball, is like, really, is that your mind thinking? When I was a coach or I was a player and I was 12 years old, do you think I said, oh, take me, take me to the psychologist because we lost. My feelings are hurt. I don't know how to deal with them. I, I, I can't handle this loss. We lost. We sucked it up. We went to practice and we played again. It was really that simple. But if he is saying this stuff on the field to these kids, it explains the poor play I have seen when I wasn't umpire. It's like, why don't these kids understand the fundamentals of baseball? Why can't Johnny do the three simple things of throw, catch, and hit? I was one of those kids. Well, I couldn't throw, catch, or hit because I couldn't see 50 feet in front of me and didn't know it. I was blind as a bat until my parents moved from Delaware to Oklahoma, and we had to do an eye test, and they're like, uh, we had to tell you this, but your son's blind. Well, no wonder I stood there and never swung at the ball. No wonder when somebody threw it at me and hit me in the head. Maybe that maybe I had brain damage back then. Ah, maybe I need to see a neurologist. Maybe sue the coaches. I don't know. No. I got glasses and the world opened up and I'll be damned. I could I could throw the ball. I mean, the girls wouldn't play catch with me. That's how bad I was in second grade. I was horrible. You know, my girlfriend, Vicki Cahill. Vicki, you want to play catch? She goes, not with you. Gee, thanks a lot. Well, Jeff, you suck. Yeah, I kind of do. But even my parents didn't catch on that maybe there's something wrong with the boy's eyes. We know there's something wrong with his brain. It's it's. But what about the eyes? We don't know. Oh, good Lord. But really, if that's what he's teaching these kids it's that's horrible you win you lose when I coached that's what I would tell the kids if you think you're going to win every game you're not if you think you're going to lose every game you're not what you are going to do is learn the fundamentals of how to play the game and when that happens guess what The wins will take care of themselves. And I believe it is it is 302. I went a little long on that. 
I would like to bring on Dr. Pat Ballone. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So, Donald, bring her on. Is she there? Hi, I can. How you doing? There you are. And how are you, Dr. Pat? I'm doing great. It's really, I have been on this little road trip for the last like week, and I have been to seven different destinations that experienced seven different springs. <laughs> so I've, I've been bombarded with pollen, but all these beautiful flowers are blossoming. I'm up on the Northeast corridor. Okay, well, let me give a little intro here on you. Uh, and I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right. Is it Balone? It's Balone like Cologne. Okay, okay. This is Dr. Pat Balone. She is the author of Why Are You Sick, Fat, and Tired? And I did read that book. She is a coach, physician, speaker, visionary, thought leader, and CEO of Health Team Network. And you can contact her at drpat at healthteamnetwork.com. Now, mm-hmm. she is very, I really love in, in her bio here, she has, the result is that her clients and patients find out the why and the cause of the problem and identify the starting point, what, why, where, and how to begin their health journey to live longer, better, and healthier. And I will say this much, I I read the book and I took the test. And one thing, the link in the book to go to that chart did not work. Are you aware of that? Um, You're talking about the link that takes you to the, um, the chart that you can make it bigger? That one? Uh, yeah, the one. I'll let the, was... pu- the publisher. I'll let the publisher know. Okay, because I I did try that, so I went to the appendix, and uh, I sent you the PDF, out. right? Uh, yes, you did. Okay, so okay, so and um, because I sent you the new link, so okay, so, I will let so, her know that feedback, um, and I can send you a chart. Um, after we get off of here. No, I got it. Like I said, um, I printed out the one on the appendix, the health status chart. Oh, that's the one you have to pick, print out. Right, but there's a link in there that it's supposed to, I guess, bring up a bigger version. And that link... All it, that does is break... Uh-huh. It, it just... It, it okay, just, so just that link in the, in the verse... That that link in the book takes you to the link that you downloaded. That link takes uh, you to that chart. Well, actually, the one I downloaded is I just went, I just used the copy you sent me and pulled up the page number and printed that out. But the link itself, oh, okay, okay, was not the link, the link itself work. does not work for whatever reason. So I'm just letting you know. But go ahead and okay, uh, got it give our listeners a little more background because I really want to talk to you since you are a chiropractor. I'm going to let you use me as a guinea pig today. But go ahead and tell everyone how 
you got into this and what your whole uh, operation is about? Well, um, my background is, um, you know, I started ages ago when I was a kid playing doctor. And I always was a doctor, never the nurse, never the patient. I never died and never had any knock on wood, any of my patients ever died. So in all these years. Um, and, you know, I've always loved, you know, science. And I, I like finding out, like, why something works the way that it works. So how I got very interested um, in, you know, in this, is I had, I uh, went to chiropractic school in Atlanta, Georgia, and I got married and we decided to go to Cape Cod and set up a practice. It was called Barnstable Family Chiropractic. And in Barnstable Family Chiropractic, um, the, uh, I, we had it for about 10 years and I sold it and I moved to Boston and I started seeing people privately as clients and not as um, patients anymore. Um, and, you know, would do more work on them. So I found interesting living in, in Boston is that, and I always wanted to live in a big city. Um, and Cape Cod is really beautiful. Right now, I'm really close to where that's at right now, too. And so what I found is that when I was walking around Boston and looking in a bigger city, it's like, oh, God, all these people are sick. <laughs> and they don't know it. They're very, their texture of their skin, the color of their skin, the color of their lips. There's like nobody home looking in the eyes. And this is right downtown in the financial district. Um, and I lived a couple blocks in there. Uh, and it was great because it, you know, I kept on seeing these people and I would have conversations and I'd ask them like how they're feeling. Um, I said, you look like you're upset or you look like, you know, you don't feel good. You know, uh, one guy said, you know, he was had very greasy sweat. And, you know, when I was talking to him, he was really quite out of breath. I said, where are you going? And he said, oh, I'm going to um, work. And I said, you ought to consider going to the hospital instead. <laughs> and he said, why is that? And I said, you don't, like, you're gray. I said, you're sweating. You know, and he goes, well, it's summer. I said, I'm not sweating. And he looked at me and I said, I think you should go to the hospital. And I go, let's get you a cab. You should go get checked out and go to ER, by the way, and tell them that, you know, tell them your symptoms. And so hailed the cab, threw him in a cab, and told the guy taking the mass general. Um, and you know, about two months later, three months later, um, I'm still in the same area because I did this almost like every two or three times a week, maybe three, four times occasionally. And um, this guy comes up to me. He said, "Do you remember me?" And I said, "Well, you look familiar." And he said, "You threw me in a cab. You told me to go um, to the ER." And um, he says, I was just in the beginnings of the throes of a heart attack. You saved my life. And I went, wow. <laughs> and I said, and it was so like poignant. You know, I said, I'm really glad. I go, I said, I'm so happy for you. He said, thank you so much. He never asked me what I did. Nobody ever asked me what I did during that time. Uh, I was uh, low key, undercover, work sunglasses all the time, incognito. Um, the other thing that happened right about the same time was I read an article by the CDC and the article by the CDC in 2010 stated in that article that of all the Americans that were tested in their study, and I don't remember how many people were in the study, CDC does only does large studies, they don't do small ones. Um, and in that study, 
what they discovered was that all the Americans that were tested had dangerous chemicals, 212 of them that were listed. They had every one of them in their blood and urine. And I went, you know, this can't happen. You know, I can't retire. I've got to go out. I've got to do something. And this has got to stop. So I've been on a mission to come back out of retirement and do good, have fun, thrive and help other people thrive by mentoring and coaching and getting people on target with what's really going on and what's going on underneath the surface. Because a lot of times, you know, one of my mentors who was from Texas or Utah or one of those places out there, he always said, what you got isn't necessarily what you got. You got to look, you got to be a CSI detective. And you've got to like look at things like, okay, so you've got this. So what is the possibility for that? And I love solving problems. I love challenges. I like making sense of them. And sometimes I'm really quite out of the box in some of those things that I tell people to do, you know, but one thing you can trust is I always show up and I'm happy back. And that's what I am all about. Okay. So let me ask one question. And it might be putting you on the spot, but we know that we've lost over 900,000 people to COVID so far. How much of that do you think was attributed to Americans in general being in poor health? Probably a lot. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people who, you know, a lot of times people have signs and symptoms of things that are going on and they don't pay attention to them. And they kind of like, they hope they go away or they ask somebody in their family, you know, I'm feeling like this lately. And they go, oh, I had that when I was your age. And people, you know, don't want to hear it. So they put it in a safe place and going, oh, it's, it's hereditary. Well, the thing is that you're not your DNA. And the reason why you're not your DNA is because you have epigenetics. And they know in the study of epigenetics that you, you are how you respond to your environment. So if you have years of eating poor food and poor supplementation and poor lifestyle choices, eventually you're going to, you know, wear and tear. It's like a car. You just don't buy a car and hope that you can drive it three, you know, like for 30,000 miles on one tank of gas. You know, and, well, not, you know, depending upon what's that? That's not going to happen. Go ahead. It's not good. Well, it's not going to happen. And people, you have to change the tires. You've got to rotate the tires. You've got to do maintenance on it. Your body needs maintenance also. Do you know three reasons why people get sick is because of trauma, which starts at birth. Nine out of 10 children who are born have some type of cervical damage in their neck. And that's why you see a chiropractor after birth. Um, you also have other traumas like, you know, like falls, like, you know, steps, car accidents, things like that. Those things set up inflammation in the body. You have toxins from the air that you breathe, the water you drink, the food that you eat, and the cleaning fluids that you use in your house, and also the gardening fluids in the back. You know, you have a lot of air exposure to that. And, you know, look at, you know, uh, Roundup. You know, I had walked into some guy in, Georgia, in Florida, in Pinella, and he was walking around with this plastic container and spraying his grass. And I said, what's in the container? And he said, round up. And I said, it's carcinogenic. I mean, there's a lot of big, you know, lawsuits coming up. There's going to be a lot more. And I said, that stuff, I go in, there's all sorts of dogs in this neighborhood. And then two little girls walked out and they went out of his front door 
And I said, what about them? And so when I asked him about that, he just looked at me and he goes, well, and I said, 65% of what you put on your body gets absorbed in your body. So they're walking on the grass that you just sprayed. And he goes, well, it's not toxic if you don't breathe it. And I said, you don't see, I go, you don't have a mask on. You know, and I said, you also have water. There was a little stream across the street. And I said, this is also affecting the water. And I said, so I go, you think about it. And he turned around and walked away from me and walked into this house. But we have exposure that we're not even aware of or we pay attention to. Um, you know, sugar creates a lot of inflammation in the body. Corn syrup, you know, things that, you know, chocolate that's under 85% uh, cacao in it. You know, and then you have your thoughts. And if you don't have a good handle on your thoughts, then on does anything that you do to fix the toxins or you fix the traumas. And it, so if you have, and we all know that we've been in an argument or a big discussion with somebody and we get stuck, you know, and it's upsetting, you know, so if we don't have a way to process those thoughts and put them in a good place so we can get a good night's sleep so we can repair, revitalize and restore, then you wake up the next day feeling like crap. And if it happens significantly enough, you ultimately end up with some kind of chronic illness or disease somewhere down the road sooner or later. Can't, it's unavoidable. Okay, on the chiropractic part, I mean, and I talked about that at the beginning of this show, is I've been under a chiropractor's care for, since I was 25 and I'm 62. Because without them, there are a lot of times I would not have been walking. So I know that the medical industry as a whole kind of shakes their head about that. But I'm one of those that I believe, hey, it works. You know, yeah, it's, you might not want to call it mainstream, but I would actually argue with my physicians that how come you guys can't get together? Because when I had back surgery, uh, I really got into it because the orthopedic and my PA wouldn't talk to each other, but someone slipped up and said, yeah, I know him. And I just told him, then why don't you pick up the phone and call him? Because these are the symptoms before the surgery. And these are the symptoms I'm having now. And it sure looked like something happened when they installed the hardware. Well, I'm still under care, but they all know that, look, that part of my back is fused. You're not going to move it. So you got to work around it. And I will say the gals I'm seeing right now in Irving, Texas, have done a really good job of getting it, you know, as loose as it could be to where I'm not in chronic pain per se. Mm -hmm. Well, structure function. And, you know, in my experience, you know, when I first started becoming a chiropractor back in 1986, I had, you know, nobody was referring anybody to a chiropractor. And um, I met a neurologist who happened to like, um, like my husband and myself, and he came in and he, he got adjusted and started having, getting treatment. And then I saw a dentist and then word of mouth went out. I started doing courses um, on weekends for women, you know, changing their career and, you know, health, you know, health and wellness type of seminars for a hospital that was on Cape Cod and participated in those too. So it just kind of depends upon where you're at in the mentality of whoever the medical doctor is that is uh, sitting there because structure is function. And if you don't have good structure, you can't have good function. 
So when you have a disc injury, it doesn't mean you cannot ever get adjusted again. It just means you, you have to use instrumentation, perhaps, um, like an activator, a, a medical instrument for adjusting, um, which you can work around an area, you know, and you can keep the segments above and below in better mobility. Because what happens usually when someone has a surgery, and then the next thing is the translation of that movement that didn't happen, it starts to go up to the segment above it or the segment below it. And so that's a, that's a problem for people who have surgery and that's why chiropractic is so important for them. So Which, you did the right thing. Yeah, I am a firm believer because even I've had, I had a disectomy, then I had the 360 lumectomy. But when I would get that sciatic pain down my leg, it's like, you know, I need to go in. Do you ever see mainstream medicine and the chiropractic practices actually come to terms and say, we really can't benefit each other? I don't see that hardly at all because I'm, I have certification in functional medicine and a lot of functional medicine doctors are medical doctors also. And so my, you know, I, I in 2019, just before COVID, um, I went, I was in uh, Burlingame, California, and talking to a group of medical doctors um, about, you know, doing things that so that were more fruitful, and um, so that they would understand really the practice of practicing functional medicine in a way that people got a lot of benefit from it, which would be a similar prototype to chiropractic and how often someone sees somebody what, you know, and, and thinks about what they would do. So I was giving a uh, a lecture on uh, how to function in that capacity and to function better with better communication. You know, you, we all know that if you go to a medical doctor's office, you only have 15 minutes. And if you don't have your verbiage down, that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book also is because it acts as an advocating tool. Um, so you can find out where you're, you know, what kind of questions you need to direct your questions for. And, um, you know, so if you don't have that down, you're out of there in 15 minutes. And, I have people who used to come back to my office even years ago when it was a longer appointment. And I said, so what did your doctor say? He said, Dr. Pat, I have no clue. You know, you told me to ask him these questions. I did, but he went on, he'd never answered them. He went off on a tangent. I said, let's go call him right now. <laughs> I, yeah. want, I need to know this information in order to move forward with you and give you better information so you can make better decisions. So the idea is to have good, solid information so that you can make better decisions so you know how you're going to move forward in the next step that you want to take in your healthcare. If you don't ask good questions, you can't get good answers. Exactly. Now that is one That's thing I, I really liked about the book when I took the test, because I'm thinking, you know, we, we go to the doctor's office and every year we have to fill out these forms. And most people have God, we got to fill out another form. And, you know, what are your symptoms, this, that, and the other. And I've wondered many times, you know, how do, do they really look at this? Because when I go in and talk to the doctor, it's like, did you not read what I filled out? Well, how could they? And that I just filled it out two minutes ago. They're still processing it in my file because he doesn't have that. But I really liked that when I started reading all of those questions so we could get a score to put in the health status chart, it's like, this is really good because you've broken down, what is it, the 10, well, 11 
segments for basically each person. You covered everything. And uh, the, I really liked the way the questions, even though some of them were repetitive, were laid out is that if you want to be honest about your health, of which you state several times, you've got to be honest in answering these questions. Uh, the one that I actually had high priority was the, uh, what is it? The, I can't pronounce the word, the musculoskeletal, because that fits in. Okay. That fits in with my back surgeries, the issues I have with my feet at time, but I was able to take all the information, everything else. Uh, uh, I had a few that were moderate, but everything else was low priority. But since I've been very conscious of my health since this back surgery, it's like, this is spot on. I mean, to me, that is well, worth you- price of admission, just taking this test so you can go to your doctor and say, okay, here's, here are my problems. This is what we need to focus on. And that's what I really like about this. It's great because, you know, um, somebody's asked me, you know, what I could do for um, myofibrosis one time who had the book. And I said, you didn't read the book and you didn't take the test. And she said, well, what about chronic fatigue? I said, you didn't read the book. You didn't take the test. When you do that, I go, reconnect with me. And so I didn't hear from her um, for a bit. And um, she sent me an email and uh, she wrote a review for my book. And you can find it on Amazon, this review. And she talks about the, uh, the review went, you know, that when you, you know, Western medicine doesn't know how to diagnose you. They know how to diagnose a flat tire. They don't know how to diagnose you if you've got a leak and you're tired, like a slow leak. So you have signs and symptoms that come and go that don't, they don't pay attention. This is a system survey for all the organ systems in your body. It's like a Swiss watch. They all have got to work together. If they yes. don't work together, then one of them slows down, they all are gonna start slowing down. And then when they start slowing down enough, like if you don't have, you know, like on your chart that you did, if you don't have like, you know, a high number for your immune system, you know, then, it's, it's common <laughs> if you've got other high numbers in the other um, system surveys. And I've had people tell me, my doctors never ask me questions ever in their office. And I've had medical doctors who have, you know, have reviewed my book. And I've had um, one uh, guy uh, that I know that is a physician, you know, and he said, you know, before I had, you know, cancer, I didn't have any of this. He said, but after I had cancer, he goes, you're spot on. He goes, I didn't see anything that you were missing. And that, you know, it's just like, I'm sorry that he had cancer, but that really made my day because I'm thinking I, I have, that was a good proof of the pudding that this book does exactly what it says it does. It's a workbook, a guidebook, and an advocating tool. And then it shows you exactly what a pattern is. So if you don't understand what your pattern is, you can always connect with me. There's a link in there that you can make time with me on my calendar and send me I need to be able to see your, your chart, you know, what that looks like. And then I can give better direction about what I'd recommend. And it might, which might be, you know, working with me or working with somebody else in your vicinity where you actually physically have to go see somebody. But that's really, that's an important thing. Um, 
you know, and that, you know, you had surgery in your low back, doesn't surprise me that you have a high priority in the musculoskeletal, but what were your, what were your, um, your um, moderate priorities? Uh, let's see, moderate is... Then I'll tell a story uh, about you. <laughs> let's see. Uh, heart and circulatory, which I am on antennalaw because after my back surgery, I developed blood clots a month later, and they put me in antennalaw and 325 milligrams of aspirin because I have PCPs mm-hmm. and... Uh, is it PCAs? And my, my blood pressure is stabilized. Let's see. The other one is uh, on the endocrine. That was moderate. Mm-hmm. Endocrine. Digestion was moderate. Endocrine was kind of pushing towards high priority, whereas digestion was, that was about in the middle. So those, uh-huh. And so the digestion one was it which part of it was because there's four sections in that digest in the first chapter that's for digestion and there's two sections in for the endocrine. So uh, is the endocrine is going to be, or were they both? Uh, on the, let's see, for the, it was part A on digestion, where. I scored the highest and on the endocrine, let's see, see, that's, this is really small on my eyesight, isn't that good? Uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Was it on the right side or the left side? um, It's on the left. Okay, so that's, okay. So, um, so let's just have a little conversation. You said you wanted to kind of like go through your kind of stuff, right? So, um, and I just wanted to just double check one thing from my end. And come on. And so that we can have a serious conversation here. So. Okay, so this is, you're gonna find this really interesting. So on the endocrine, if it's on the left side is thyroid, and if it's on the right side is adrenal. So the, my one teacher, my one mentor in um, the functional medicine and chiropractic um, things that, you know, he would combine both, um, always said what you got isn't necessarily what you got. So, but it's interesting that your score is high on musculoskeletal because and biochemistry, they would always say that, you know, from the muscle to the liver, from the liver to the muscle, you know, and when I look at like, you know, how you're handling and the section A is gastric function on the gut and the endocrine is thyroid. Thyroid is considered in my world, a backup organ for the heart. And so if the thyroid, you know, and, and if you ever, anybody who's listening to this ever goes to a doctor and they're only testing TSH on you, they have to do the full panel. If you always have an option to do a full panel on an organ system, do the full panel. It's just, it'll save you time instead of having to come back and do it all over again. Um, So the thyroid would be important because the thyroid helps support um, certain functions in the body for metabolism. 
And so for instance, and with your first one, with the, and the gut that is gastric function, you know, then you would have to take a look at the gastric function and see how that is, um, you know, like since it's, it's off, you'd have to like look at like taking a digestive enzyme, how you're combining foods, you know, like how are you drinking fluid? Is there something specific that really bothers you that your digestion is off? And a lot of times people with digestive, like, you know, for gut, you know, it's interesting because you said you had um, surgery. I've always found sometimes that the lower lumbars, you know, actually function in serving the nervous system to the intestinal tract, some aspect of it, whether it's the large intestine, you know, or the beginnings of it. So that's usually like L5 and um, in that category and, and how those nerves from there go someplace um, to structure function. Um, and then like the thyroid, you know, I always look at like thyroid as being like fat metabolism. You know, it's just like if you don't, if you eat carbohydrates and you have a hard time digesting carbohydrates that 75% of the population is said to be, have difficulty doing, then it's going to be very difficult for you to metabolize fat also. So you look at, you know, you, you've got to take a look at, I'd have to see what the rest of the chart looks, but just for picking those pieces of the puzzle out and making some comments on those, I could see how they can relate to each other. So, and because you had surgery, it would be always really good for you to take, you know, um, supplementation that helps support the structure and the structure staying stable. You know, so a lot of times it's when you're eating and people who, when I used to have an active practice, I would always make them monitor their food and they would go, Dr. Pat, it's just like, I hate doing that. I said, well, you got to do it because you got to know if food is, is making your back hurt more. And so... And a lot of times people can be reactive to food and it not show up until approximately anywhere up to like eight days later or six days later. And they don't relate the pain suddenly surging because of a particular meal or like, you know, if it rains or something like that. So it's, you know, taking a look at all the pieces of the puzzle and keeping mindful about what they potentially mean and then drawing the big picture you know, can help people have, you know, live longer, better, healthier, and have what, what they can do, like in lifestyle medicine, is that you do, um, you know, you look at, um, you know, your, like, diet first, because you've got to, like, eat anti-inflammatory foods. If you want to be healthy, you want to eat anti-inflammatory foods. You know, you need to move. You know, you don't move. You know, my 100, like, 92-year-old woman who came in to see me as a, as when I was a student, thinking, what is she going to see me for? She goes to you with some chiropractor on the street. She goes, no, no, I want to see you. My niece and my um, granddaughter see you and they like you. I'm going to see you. And all I want to do is finish that acting. And so I asked her what she did for exercise and she took her Dixie cup and she went out and watered her 150 plants. So she made 300 trips between the backyard and inside the house you know, um, to get her exercise because you got to move. And you sometimes you have to take targeted supplementation. Not all supplementation is meant to take forever. And the idea is, you know, in, in the United States, the soil is so depleted, you know, almost everybody is insufficient. You go back to COVID, what's one of the things they told you to take as a supplement, you know, was quercetin, which is an uh, antioxidant, and then uh, quercetin, I mean, and uh, which is an antioxidant, and they also told you to take zinc. 
And, you know, and people are like vitamin A, either they outload on it or they like, you know, they have um, malfunction with it because they don't get enough sunshine. They get the vitamin D so it can convert. And if you're going to go out and get sunshine on that method, you really want to be able to have like, it has to be on fleshy part of your skin. If you're wearing clothes and going out, you're not going to get the vitamin D that you need to have. It has to be on the fleshy part of it. And you only have to do 15, 20 minutes a day you know, in order for that to happen. But the body functions much better if it has all the pieces of the puzzle. You know, it's right. like eating butter as opposed to eating margarine. You know, and if, if when you eat food, you know, and if you don't digest more, if you eat uh, poor choices, you know, for an entire lifetime at McDonald's or, or you have like food that comes out of a box and you pop it in a microwave, you know, and then you eat those kind of things, then what happens is, is that you eventually end up damaging the gut. When you damage the gut, the food that you eat has a tendency to seep through to the blood system, and then it has to go to the liver to be detoxified, because the liver is not an organ that you ever detox. People tell me, I'm going to do a liver detox. I'm like, no, you're not. You know, I said, you do not want to purge that organ. What you want to do is you want to tonify it so it works and functions better, so it can do its job better, but you have to fix the gut first. You fix your gut, you change your life. So people who are pre-diabetic, people are, you know, or people who are diabetic, those are, you know, like a lot of chronic illnesses and diseases can be reversed just by changing your food and making food your medicine. But you got to know more information about it so that you can make better choices. And that's why you hire a mentor and coach or you hire, you know, you see somebody who does that on a regular basis and not a dietitian, nothing personal dietitians who are listening. But, you know, I have, you know, I have, a couple of friends that are dietitians that are excellent, but they're not everybody, you know, does the same job the same way. So, but the important thing about the, the detoxification part of that in the gut and having a healthy gut is that if the liver keeps on getting stuff from the gut that keeps on going out and going in the blood system that keeps on recycling, the idea is on a perfect day is that it go, you eat it, it goes in your gut, you digest it, you absorb the micronutrients that you need, especially in the small intestine, and it leaves your body, either in it goes in some way going in the toilet. And right. so if, it, if you're stuck and if the liver keeps on getting overwhelmed, then eventually what's going to happen to it, and think about these places that the body stores toxins, they put them in blood brain, bone, and fat. And so every fat cell in your body is said to be a teeny weeny endocrine organ system. And that is where toxins accumulate. And so everybody in the United States has had exposure to heavy metals, everybody, nobody's exempt. And so those toxins easily go through the gut lining. So if it's damaged, they go through even faster. And if the liver can't handle it, then the liver stores it other places. So eventually, wherever your weakest link is, gets full, and it has to move on some other place. So the idea is that, and it's so easy to fix, it's simple. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, like it's like easy, meaning like I can walk to the end of the street or something like that. But, you know, you, it's simpler, so it's doable. And for a lot of people, the hard thing is just changing habits and changing their mindset around how successful they want to be. Because if you want to be successful at work, home, diet, health, whatever, you got to have the mindset, you got to have the wellness initiatives, you know, and you have to be able to walk forward and be in control so you're, the cart is not before the horse. 
and you have to know what your bottom line numbers count. You must know your numbers. Um, numbers count. You have to know what your baseline is. Okay. That's interesting. So in a lot of cases, if we're just putting poison in our body, the liver's not going to be able to pull it all out and it's just going to keep recycling it. Is that correct? Right. Because when it goes to dump it back in the intestinal tract, the intestinal tract is damaged, so it's going to keep on trying to leak through. And, and it'll keep on going back to the liver to be handled. So usually, like, you know, a lot of chronic illness and diseases happen in fatty tissue. Alzheimer's brain, right? That's fatty tissue. You know, right. ovaries, you know, the gonads, fatty tissue. The fatty tissue around the organ system is called BAT, that visceral fat. You know, and if you're visceral fat, you know, you could be really skinny and go like, well, that guy looks really good, but he could have a high visceral fat number, you know, ratio in his body, which makes him, you know, a, a walking time bomb. And that's bad. And, it's just, and that's bad. That's, that's <laughs> um, not... You know, they say health by definition. Well, they say by health by definition is all the organs functioning at 100% of the time. And so you don't know that. Nobody knows that. And, you know, and the World Health Organization says that, you know, health is not merely the absence of disease or infirmities. It's a lifestyle. It's about your environment. It's about how you interact with your environment. And they said that in 1986. That's when they were still telling the truth. <laughs> um, and, but the, but the pure definition of it, so you've got to figure out like, well, what is health then? You know, health is proper diet, nutrition, it's proper exercise, it's proper sleep, it's positive mental attitudes and positive mindset, and it's a properly functioning nervous system, which would relate to proper posture and also biomechanics and structure as function. That's what I teach are those five pillars. And I teach it in a class called Be Stronger Than Medicine, um, which is a DIY kind of course that will be, I'll be releasing shortly. But, the, uh, but you have to know your numbers. You've got to know where your baseline is. And you've got to look at, you know, uh, making choices. I was a chubby kid. And, um, you know, one day um, I was measured for a dress. My sister was getting married. I got measured for a dress the same size that my mother wore. I was horrified. And from that moment on, I monitored everything that went into my mouth. And, you know, I started looking at foods, like I like stopped eating specific foods. And then when I went to back, I can remember when McDonald's hamburgers were, I think, 15 cents a piece or something like that. And yep. I stayed away from eating stuff like that when all my friends went. And a month later, when I went, I go, who eats this stuff? I stopped eating Frozen yogurt, because they think frozen yogurt's good for you. Anything that's altered is not good for you. And, you know, if you want to do your meals great, make them five ingredients, you know, and only. And if you want to, you know, like if, if you're putting pieces of the puzzle together, when you're reading labels, if you can't pronounce something that's in the ingredient, then you shouldn't buy it. And if you really want to have like a shock of your life is read, look up, the on the label look up the inert ingredients this is stuff that's like methyl stearate you know and cellulose cellulose is sawdust you know it's in every uh, every parmesan like when you buy parmesan cheese at a store it has cellulose and you see cellulose on a label you're eating sawdust <laughs> it's like 
it like blows me away that a lot of foods are like they're not better managed um, from like the FDA. When I used to live in DC, I can remember driving, I had to drop somebody, I went up to the, near the state capitol, there's an area called, for Easter Market up there, and it's all organic foods and fresh foods, the fish is there, you can buy meat from like the butcher, um, it's a, a kind of a fun Saturday thing to do if you live in DC, and I was driving back, and I went by the sign that said, USDA, Farmer's Market, I went, and there wasn't anybody there. It was really, and this was when maybe like, you know, in the time that the farmer's market should have been like roaring. And I'm thinking, who buys? Nobody trusts the, you know, trust those people anymore. I mean, look at the things that they've done with DDT and chemicals that they spray and, you know, on for insecticides, pesticides, you know, and people's garden. You're eating that stuff. It's got to go somewhere and it doesn't want to leave your body. If you drink water out of plastic bottles, you're drinking plastic. That's staying in your body forever. If you get enough of it in there, it causes health problems. You can look it up. You can Google it. Really? So, you know, it's just like there's a water, there's a water system that I tell people here, here's an opportunity to get a water system. It goes on top of your counter, you know, but at least you're getting reverse osmosis and you don't have to pay thousands of dollars to get it. It's only a couple hundred bucks and I give my discount to people so that they have a better opportunity to get better water so that they can stay hydrated. How many people drink, um, like if you weigh 150 pounds, you drink 75 ounces of water a day. How many people drink half their weight in ounces in water? It's not from the tap either because from the tap, it's, it's neuro, there's neurotoxins in it. The fluoride's a neurotoxin, a known neurotoxin. They recently, in the last like five years, have decreased fluoride in the amount of fluoride in each in different cities. But people have got to speak up. People have got to be better educated, um, you know, in their areas and so say this isn't okay. I mean, last summer, um, in the beginning of the summer, I was living in, um, and I was down in Kent Narrows doing a project. And that's in Maryland on the other side of the Chesapeake Bridge. It is so pretty there. And that, but one day I'm hearing this sign go like, like this, like uh, a, a really odd sound. And I'm going, I feel like, God, what is that? And my windows were open in my bedroom. And I ran and shut them because they were, they were spraying mosquito insecticide miscellaneously all over the place. There's someone's dog that was in the front yard that their front yard that gets got drenched in it. You know, it's just like, it's like that, you know, and, and I remember as a kid, we used to run through, we thought it was fun running through the fog. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's just like all those things accumulate. They, they don't go away. I mean, it's very, it's difficult to get heavy metals out of your body. And there's only one product that I know that does that, that, um, that can boast that and has three patents in over 30 countries. Uh, that yeah, is it's a water soluble zeolite product and that water soluble zeolite product it helps extract up to 26 or 28 known chemicals you know it's been proven to do that and it crosses the cell barrier other zeolite products that people take only work in the gut and some of it might pass the gut barrier you know but it's like you know it doesn't there's no um company that exists that can make that claim except for this one at this point in time hmm. oh that's a lot of stuff huh a lot to that's think a, about that that's a lot to think about so there's one company that sells 
this water soluble product that will pull some of the heavy metals out? Is that what I no, heard? No, it removes them. Okay. That's what you heard. Uh, you know, I can send you a link, you know, for show notes for people if they're interested in taking a look at it. all the research is on the link that I show you and you can buy it directly from there if you're interested in it. I think that'd be great. I've never heard of it. You know, I've, my daughter is a massage therapist and, you know, she would do that. I don't know what you soak your feet in that's supposed to pull the toxins and heavy metals out. Are you familiar with that procedure? Yes, but it does. You can't remove heavy metals that way. Okay. I mean, you can pull some toxins out, but you can't, but you can't remove, um, you know, heavy metals that way. Okay. I mean, I, this, this, this is, this is like the person who invented this product. I personally know. And um, his research is pristine. He was from Cleveland, um, you know, up in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And he was a cardiac surgeon and he's an MD, PhD, and he's uh, a uh, PharmD. So he has a doctorate in pharmacology also. Um, and he has some other initials after his name and his last name, his first name is Nicholas, but, and you can see it on the link that I will send you. Um, but he, um, but all that information is in there and you, and there is a dosage that, you know, when, when you first start taking something like that, you always, I would tell people, if you're taking something brand new, don't take like a titrate, titrating means, um, like if you're supposed to take two milliliters, you take a quarter of a milliliter, then a second quarter of a milliliter. So you work up to the dose that you're supposed to be taking. So it's so. it's gradual progression. It's well, that's with anything. So if you start taking supplementation, you know, a lot of supplementation, I always think liquid is so much better um, just because you can simulate it and there's better absorption rates for liquid as opposed to pill. If you really want to know if your gut's digesting, you know, your uh, here's a, like a little like sidekick thing that people can do. White vinegar, you put about maybe like two ounces in a glass, and you put your supplement in that glass. And from when you do that, um, your supplement should dissolve in like 20 minutes. If it doesn't, then you're not digesting it. So basically, it's just passing through if you take it, and you're not right. getting any effects, and any you, benefits. Yes, that's true. <laughs> you know, I had a teacher, and like you know, a lot of times I'll tell people like take your take your supplements, um, except for calcium. Calcium is better taken at the end of the day because with the magnesium, in it, it also helps you sleep better. Um, but take it on, you know, like either just after a meal, you know, or Take it, you know, if you can take it by itself, like calcium should be taken by itself. It should not be taken with other supplements. Why is that? Well, because it binds, you know, people say they take, they drink milk, you know, for calcium, you know, well, calcium binds with protein and protein is not absorbed till later on in the intestinal tract and calcium is primarily absorbed in the stomach and the first part of the small intestine. Okay. So if you have it, if you have protein and calcium together, I always describe it. Maybe it's a little exaggerated, but like cement, <laughs> you know. And so the calcium is going to stay with the protein all the way through. 
you know, and what happens with the zeolite product, it's like, you know, everyone knows what coral looks like. So if you had two pieces of coral that were attached, where they would be attached at is where an oxygen molecule is. Because oxygen molecule in chemistry only has two spaces for an electron to connect to it. So if you, the zeolite comes in, which is from volcanic ash, and it's, it's from volcanoes, and what it has inside the zeolite, it has all these cations like potassium, magnesium, you know, um, like manganese, um, things like that that are already inside the zeolite. So when it gets in water, it's the water soluble part of it, those cations wash out. And what comes in that's attracted to the zeolite because it's from, you know, it, it has a charge to it, the metals and toxins like that. So they goes in, it, it loves zeolite, you know, for that purpose. So having the zeolite that goes past the, the cell membrane that can go in and help get those toxins out of your system is even better. And I just, on your uh, LinkedIn account, I just gave you the link for the, um, those drops. They're called clear drops. Okay. Um, and so that you could post that in your, in your show notes. Okay. Well, I have, I'll have to do that in a different post because I'm not, I don't, I only work off of one screen. I don't have two yet. I'm working on that, but uh -huh. uh, I will definitely share it. Well, I'll get down on that. I'll tell you what it is so people can look, you know, in case that this works for, sometimes when I do this, this doesn't exactly work. Um, but, you know, it has the HTTPS and then the colon and then forward slash forward slash. And the company is zoiglobal.com forward slash health wisdom. And health wisdom is spelled with two Z's in wisdom, W-I-Z-Z-D-O-M. So it's uh, H-E-T-T-S semicolon or colon forward slash forward slash zoeglobal.com, Z-O-I-Global.com forward slash health wisdom and wisdom is with two Z's. W, you know, it's H-E-A-L-T-H-W-I-Z-Z-D-O-M. Okay. That work. Now, since we're getting close to wrapping it up, uh, what is your best contact information? My best contact information, you can contact me on Ask Dr. Pat um, at Health Team Network. Um, you can reach out to me if you're on LinkedIn. You can find me by Dr. Pat Boulogne. And my last name is spelled B as in boy, O-U-L-O-G-N-E. Um, and there's, those are the two best ways I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook business page and I'm on Instagram. I pay a lot of attention to LinkedIn and I pay attention to um, anything that comes to me by email. Okay. So it's ask ASKDR. People always ask me, is this spelled out? No. Um, I like things simple. So it's, you know, ask Dr. Pat, A-S-K-D-R-P-A-T at healthteamnetwork.com. Okay. Now I do have one question. Is your last name French? It is French. Okay. It is now, French. There's a, you know, like the central park of Paris is called Waterballone. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's well, a city in the north near Dunkirk. Okay. I'm familiar with Dunkirk. Uh, mm -hmm. It's close. It's well, very close to there. 
I will say this much. No, I did read it. I did take the test. And uh, I highly recommend to the listeners, you know, why are you sick, fat, and tired? Because what I really got out of it is you're giving a good uh, path for people to not particularly diagnose themselves, but areas of concern that uh, you can get with your healthcare provider and say, look, this is what my problems are. Because as I mentioned earlier, I never put a lot of faith in those forms that we have to fill out each year when they ask us for all Mm -hmm. our stuff, because I don't believe they're looking at it, but this, this health status chart, if you do it properly, like you say in the book, and are honest about it, you're going to find out, okay, these are the areas that I need to get with either my healthcare provider or a health coach like you and say, this is what I took the test. These are the areas of my concern. Now, what's the best way and direction to start addressing those? Am I getting the gist of all of this correctly? Right. You know, like what you, the, the idea is, the idea is to um, not necessarily, you know, whatever your diagnosis is, you have to take a look at what is it that I've been doing that, that I've been contributing to my, situ- my, my personal situation. So I always say the title, people ask me, like, how did I come up with a title? And I said, well, you know, if you're fat, you can look in, in, in a mirror. Yeah, that's not hard. To and do. generally speaking, and you know, if you're, you're tired, but you don't know if you're sick. And for somebody to wait, because Western medicine, either in Western medicine, either you're sick or you're healthy. And that's not how it is in real life. And sick takes time to, to achieve. So I, to me, it makes more sense to like, let's like, you know, let's see if there's any red flags going on, especially like on New Year's Day. Um, it's a good time to do that questionnaire and like check in about every three or four, like at, like a month, depending upon what your scores are. If they're all low, then check in six months later, you know, and take the questionnaire again, take it fresh. And then, you know, then that gives you better information. So I would tell you to take that chart to somebody who knows how to read it and not to just any medical doctor, because right. there is like, there might be some confusion because we in functional medicine and lifestyle medicine, we order sometimes different tests. We do stool sample tests. We look at blood and we look at what, if you have any food sensitivities, because some food that you've been eating then can be causing bigger problems down the line. Like I know a woman for 10 years, she was under medical care and they couldn't figure out why she was having blood in her stool. And so they said, well, we don't know what else to do because that's what they do. It's like calling the fire department. The fire department comes in and breaks through and busts through your windows and walls and sprays everything down. And said, didn't we do a good job? We just ruined everything. We ruined your life. And so it's likewise, you know, in your gut, you know, it's just like, you got to know what's going on with it. You got to know the right side and left side. Well, this woman, after 10 years, and they told her that they were going to give her a bag and she had young kids. And she couldn't play with them. She couldn't go swimming anymore. Um, she said, I'm going to go look for her and answer someplace else. And so she went to see a colleague of mine. And my colleague, you know, did a test on her to find out what kind of food sensitivities that she had. Because clearly blood in your, uh, in your stools is not a good thing. 
Oh. And so it came out. The food that she was eating the most, avocados, was causing the problem. That was her highest uh, food. And when she stopped eating um, avocados within less than a year, her intestinal tract was completely healed. And the medical doctor said to her, well, we don't have to do the surgery anymore. <laughs> I just let, you know, I go, you could like, how about saying I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, or, you know, how about saying like, I'm glad we didn't do that. And that you went and did some X, Y, Z. Like, how do I find this person that you went to go see? But at any rate, you've got to be, a, you have to be a CSI agent. And that's what I am. I'm a CSI, I want to know, like, why is that? Why does that work that way? You know, and I would see, you know, I, I always said I was the person in the back of the room that drove my professors crazy because I said, why do you, how do you do that? Can you show me that one more time? You know, because I wanted to understand so I could take what they say, you know, in a convoluted way and I can make it simple, faster, safer for my patients and my clients to be able to get better information so they could make better decisions about what to do with their health. So that's why it's, it's, it's important to know what's going on and know your numbers and know what your baseline is every year. So I thank you very much for what a great invite and what a great conversation. No, I am glad you came on because I have learned more than I can digest in about a, in, in a few months. So I'm really going to have to ponder a lot of this. But uh, do you? my last question is, do you see functional medicine becoming mainline in what you're doing? Because Oh, yeah. They just, I understand. Not only just functional medicine. Okay. Not only okay. functional medicine, but also lifestyle medicine. But functional okay. medicine is more because of who started it and how they started it. You know, um, on the pie chart, you know, it's, it's part of, it's, it's a piece of the pie. So when you ask, if, if a medical doctor tells you that if you go see a functional medicine doctor, you should go find a different doctor. <laughs> if at any time a doctor, I always think at any time a doctor, I, if you say something to the doctor, I would like to go explore this and go do X, Y, and Z, you know, um, before you get a, you know, a cortisone shot, I'm going to go see my chiropractor. I'm going to go see someone who does myofascial work. I want to go, you know, you have to, sometimes your answers are not inside your box and you have to realize that your box has no walls. And when you realize that the universe is at your command, that's right in front of you. All the that's information that you need is out there. It's just, and that's a, that is a pretty cool concept. Uh, and I agree mm -hmm. with it a hundred percent that, uh, there's more than one way to get the horse to drink water. You just got to be willing mm -hmm. to figure out how else can we do this? Because finding what's causing the problems that, and, and that I have seen with my medical history, it's like when they just kept giving me pills and stuff I said, I've had enough of this. Now, what's causing it? And when they said, we don't know, and I said, then find someone that does. I mean, I'm not going to take yeah. six medications because you say so. And I really got into it with my cardiologist. And they said, well, blood pressure medication is like a fruit salad. I said, I am not in a bowl, okay? You know, I'm not a fruit salad. I am a person, and I'm just not going to be experimenting with every blood pressure medication you've got. So... What's causing this? And uh, if I said, we don't know. And I said, that's what I need to know. If you don't know. Yeah, Chinese medicine would figure that out for you. You know, let Chinese me medicine has new, like you go, everybody's on blood pressure meds, right? And Chinese medicine 
it's, you know, either comes from an exterior or an interior condition. It either comes from hot or cold. It either comes from, you know, like in Chinese words like yin or yang. Um, and uh, there's other reasons. And they have, a, a, like, at least I can think off the top of my head, five reasons why people have blood pressure and they have issues with it. But if you have blood pressure issues, you've got to take a look like, well, what's, what's the root of the problem? Why is that happening? Anyway, it's like treat the symptom, but look for the cause, you know, because you got to quell the fire, you know, yeah. and, but you have to, but, and then look for the root symptoms so you can fix the root. So you can go back and do the, and at least get it to a point to where it's manageable. Um, and, you know, by, you know, diet, if you have to take supplementation, the last thing you do is you take meds. That's in this, you know, and then and then you don't you know, necessarily take those all the time. Uh, Dr. Mayo, Mayo Clinic, when he started it, always said that you know some medications for some people are absolute poison and they'll kill you. And from the level of medical errors that happen every year from wrong medications and as such, you know that is proven really to be true. That's a Google search for somebody too. But you, know, you have to like you know you have to like look at the big picture. I always thought that you know if I if I went to the Western medicine route, I would have made it a really good um, general practitioner, but I wouldn't know what I know now because, you know, or maybe I would, I would have like, you know, swayed and, and went one way or the other, um, you know, so I would have better information so I could help people have live better, longer, happier and healthier and thrive. There's nothing wrong with thriving. <laughs> I think it's what, I think it's a great goal to have for people. Uh, yes, I would agree with that a hundred percent. Well, Dr. Pat, I really appreciate I really appreciate you being a guest today, and uh, you have given the listeners a whole lot of information to take in and look at their own health. And I hope they get a copy of your book and take that test so they can help themselves in their Amazon. own medical decisions <laughs> and uh, improving their lifestyle. Yes, you know, and I would tell people, you know, always, I go, my preference and my recommendation is to buy the hard copy. And the reason why you want to buy the hard copy is because I know for myself, and I know, and I when I tell this to other people, they all relate to it, is that, you know, when you have the, um, when, when you have it on digital, out of sight, out of mind. You know, that and is like, I, I can't tell you, I, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So it's just like having a hard copy where you're looking at it going like, you know, I've got to do that. And it doesn't take a really long time. It isn't like you've got to take 10 weeks to read the book. No, it's, you it's can do not that in a very short period of time. Very short. Cause I mean, the version you sent me is only 109 pages and the bulk of yeah, that. And, and their questionnaires. Yeah, that's it. I mean, folks, it doesn't take, I'll tell you this much. It took me about 45 minutes, maybe, to read the book. And then I went through and did the test. And what's a, you know. You're a fast reader. <laughs> so, well, you know, yeah, since I'm a writer, yeah, I've learned to read kind of fast. But when I got to the test, it's like, this is, this is excellent. This is really what it's about and now you know what areas you have problems in whether your doctor has identified them or not because you know as you mentioned yeah. earlier if you don't ask the right questions you're not going to get the right answers well here is the questionnaire 
and it's telling you, okay, this is where you've got some problems that you need to address. I mean, what more could you want? That's what yep. I think is so great about it. I'm your girl. <laughs> Anybody Absolutely. has a question, they can feel free to reach out to me. Okay. Well, I got to wrap it up. You Thank know, it's you just very like, much for coming alrighty. on. It's been a real pleasure. You have a great Thank you. I've, great I've enjoyed it. I love sharing knowledge. I love sharing knowledge. Happy Easter, everybody. Blessings. And to you. And, you know, and do good, have fun. All right. That, that sounds great. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. You're most welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Good night. Now, if you didn't get a bunch of information out of that, I don't know where you're going to get it. But uh, as I said, I read this book, and it didn't take that long. But you take this test, this health status chart, and you've had issues that you weren't sure about and what's going on. Well, this breaks it down. Unlike that form that we all fill out, we go to the doctor, you know, you've done it and you don't want to do it. Well, you actually have to concentrate when you do this because there are a whole lot of questions for each of the categories that she breaks down or basically the body functions. And, and it covers it all. And now you have a roadmap to get yourself back on a healthy lifestyle. And it's, it's a very simplistic book, but the information and value that you get out of it is phenomenal. Now, I, didn't, I haven't looked at Amazon to see what she charges, but it really doesn't matter because those of you that have listened know I've had some medical issues. Well, the big one was the back surgery in 2010 and all of the problems I've had since then. Well, I know this much. After taking the test and looking at where I scored, as I said, the musculoskeletal area, yeah, that's where I got my most problems. Two back surgeries do that to you and blood clots. And that's why I'm also on the uh, cardiovascular. I'm moderate priority in the cardiovascular. But it, it answered a lot of questions for me. Now, it didn't really answer and we ran out of time you know why did i have that adverse reaction to alcohol on uh january 1st one point quarter years ago i don't know but it says there's something in the digestive tract and i did have that was moderate priority but uh not everyone is as in tune as i am with my health because of certain reasons, but it's, it's really good information. And she, if you listen to her, you, she knows what she's talking about, but I don't know if the book costs $9, 10, doesn't matter. It's, it's worth the purchase. If you want to get serious about your health, especially if you're aging and you're starting to come up with illnesses that your doctors just say, well, take a pill and it'll be okay. Well, if you listen to her, that pill might not be the answer. It might just inflame the situation. So 
And like she said, she gave out her contact information. She'll answer your questions. And uh, what a great personality, you know, very upbeat. Did she talk like a doctor? No, not to me. She talks like someone who is very interested in your health and well-being. And I don't think we see enough of that in the medical field today. Now, I will say I have had excellent luck with the doctors that I've been assigned to at uh, with Parkland. They have been very interested and they have been, you know, what are your problems? Now, let's see what we need to do to address them. But I still have some issues I've got to get down to. But at least it wasn't what was able to calm me down. They weren't high priority. They were kind of close, but they weren't there. So what excellent information from Dr. Pat Ballone. I mean, good Lord. Did you do you get that much? Like she said, what do you got? 15 minutes with the doctor? You really think you're gonna get all your issues addressed? I remember when my dad was going to his doctor's mom had a notebook. But the one thing I found out is none of those guys were talking to each other. Dad had more medications than toads have warts. It was unbelievable. And then when he was put in hospice care, 80% of those medicines were thrown out. They go, they're not doing them any good. Well, how long had he been taking them and they weren't doing any good? And I know I've heard other horror stories from friends of mine whose parents had more medications than you get at the pharmacy because this specialist wanted this, this specialist wanted that, wanted this. Well, from what I'm gathering, Dr. Pat has just pretty well combined it all and said, we're going to find out what the problem is. We're not going to add to the problem. We're going to address the problem. And I remember the first time they put me on blood pressure medication. I wasn't a happy camper. I was hot. It'd been a long day. And I think my blood pressure was 140 over 80. And I should have never let them start me on it. But now I can't get off of it. But they weren't interested in what was causing it. They just looked at, well, we'll just, we'll give you medication to address it. Okay. Well, you're addressing the problem, but what caused the problem? And, you know, in 35 years of construction, that was one of the biggest issues. We have a problem. Well, duh, I understand we have a problem. Now, how do we resolve the problem? What caused the problem? It is time to address the problem. We're not going to sweep it under the rug anymore. And I saw this one too many times because that meant someone's going to be held accountable. Which we know people don't like to be held accountable, especially if they know it's going to fall back in their lap. And it's, they're going to realize, yeah, I made the wrong decision. I screwed up. And as I've said through past episodes, I would be the first one and I would tell, I'll be the first one to raise my hand to say, I made a mistake. 
And that that's what we need more of. Well, she addresses that right here. You know, you're, it's not that your doctor isn't taking care of you. It's that either he doesn't have the expertise or the know-how or the time to actually look into the root cause of where is this coming from. If we can identify where it's coming from, then we can fix it. I mean, she mentioned the gal about avocados. Who would have thought avocados would cause a woman this much distress and affect her health so bad? Because we've always been told they're healthy for you. Well, too much of a good thing is usually bad. And it sounds like that's what was happening there. And they got those out of her diet and she's a completely new woman. How many doctors do you know would have addressed, would have taken the time to figure out, well, what's this, what, what's causing this? I don't know. And you are seeing commercials. And I forgot the name of the Everly Well, Everly Well, that's it, where they're giving, they're sending out these tests on, you know, what foods are you allergic to? And now I think they've got two or three other items out there that they're addressing where the problem is coming from. Not just we have a problem, but what is causing the problem? Which is really cool. I probably should have asked her that, but hey, this was her time. And that's what I told her. You just carry on and educate the listeners. And I believe she did a very good job of that. All right, we are getting close. I haven't gotten a message yet, but I know we're coming up on the two-hour mark. I talked about the subscriptions and how that works and that we're going for 50 subscribers this month. If you were a subscriber and haven't been uh, – damn, I forgot my train of thought because I got a message. Uh, we'll start over. If you're a new subscriber, set up an account, subscribe, $2.99 to $49.99. If you're an existing subscriber, you still have an account. Do not try and set up a new one because your email's already there. If you've got your password, you can go in there and reset it and resubscribe. That will work. If you have any problems, you can call Donald at 530-413-6001 and he will give you all the technical help you need to get back on track and support Dawson's Domain because this is where I want to make my living because I really enjoy doing this and if I can get more guests like Pat and get sponsors for this we can really turn this into a huge show for the BBS network. And that is my goal because Don and Doug have been really good to me. They've helped me out a lot. And I want to be able to repay that. So you all have a great Easter weekend. Be safe, have fun, spend it with family. But it's not about the eggs. It's not about the money, the bunny. It's about celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You all have a good weekend, and I will talk to you in two weeks.
I hope you enjoyed our time together. I know I did. Without you wonderful listeners, this show would not be possible. If you want to know more about me and how my brain works, that's a scary thought, check out my books at jeffdawsononamazon.com, websites LDDJ Enterprises, and jeffdawsonauthor.site for upcoming releases and teaser excerpts from past and present publications. You can also contact me at Facebook, LDDJ Enterprises Publishing, or email LDDJ Enterprises at gmail.com or on Twitter at JeffDawson59. Have a great week and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Dawson's Domain.